Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Talking about the outsider, this is kind of a controversial topic because um, most people get uncomfortable when we start talking about outsiders. I was talking with Bonnie this morning. She's back here somewhere, and she said that, all right, Bonnie, she was talking about how traditional people tend to prefer pretty church, but if we're really being the church, it shouldn't be pretty. If we're really, if we're really being the church, it shouldn't be pretty. I'm going back and forth with a guy on YouTube right now, uh, who's operating under a fake name and he's, he has an issue with me saying that Sundays aren't for pretenders. And the reality is you can't play church. You can't play church. You either yes or no, right? God says be hot or cold, be hot or cold. And so today, if you think that you don't deserve a second chance, I just want to tell you that God's God is good enough and great enough. He called you and created you for a purpose for that chance. And maybe it's your 17th chance. I needed more than a second chance, by the way. So, so I'm with you this morning. And so last week we talked in uh, Luke about the man on the mat and how these four friends got their friend and they carried him all the way to Jesus. And, and when they got there, they realized that the house was full and, and that everybody had their back turned to, turned to them, kind of an insider's take. And so then uh, they could have stopped right there, but they didn't. They, they continued to take their friend up on a mat, who's paralyzed, on a stretcher, up to the roof. They dug through the roof and they dropped and they, they knew. They were so, they were so convicted. They were so sure that if they got their friend to Jesus, that Jesus would change their life. And so they drop him in and, and Jesus tells the guy, whoa, like he's, he's talking. He says, hey, hey, friend, get up, take your mat, go home. And the man's healed and he goes. And so last week we identified who's the person on the mat for you. Who's the person that you know needs to get to Jesus? And we kind of phrase it with the term of, who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Who do you know that's close to you but far from God? And we identified three people. We wrote them on name cards. And if you missed last week, we've got cards prepared at the back of the room on your way up. Take a card. Start praying for people. Identify who's on the mat for you and get their butts here on Easter. Amen? All right, so today we're going to talk about the outsider. Before we do that, I just want to take a second to pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for the note taker today. Lord, we understand that when we take notes, it changes our lives. Lord, it brings us perspective. It, it brings it full circle. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's true that it speaks. Lord, help me to get out of the way. Let your word speak to people louder than anything today. I love you for that. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And so then, have you ever felt like an outsider? If you felt like an outsider before, raise your hand. The first time I ever felt like an outsider, was on the merry-go-round in elementary school. And I'll never forget, four guys pushed me off. And they pushed me off because I didn't look like them, I didn't dress like them, and I didn't have the money that they had. And right then, that's the first time I ever felt like, whoa, here's the circle, here's Dusty, right? This is us, and you, you, you can't be on this merry-go-round right now, on this lunch hour. It's our merry-go-round, right? And that's the first time I ever felt like that. Now, that's kind of a silly way to describe being or feeling like an outsider. Ever been treated like an outsider? You can feel it. You've been treated like an outsider. Raise your hand. This is a really good story for you. Uh, the first time I was treated like an outsider, I felt like I was being treated like an outsider. I was at Southern Hills Country Club. If you know anything about golf, you know that I can't play, okay? But uh, Southern Hills is where they host the PGA. 
And so every four years or so, the, the, the PGA comes to Tulsa. It's a beautiful golf course. Well, when we had Oscar, our firstborn, I was valeting cars there. And I did it for fun because it was like, it was cardio. And I don't do cardio. So it was like you had to run and just park these really expensive, really nice cars. And you made a decent amount. You know, you can make a week's worth of money in a night if you were, on the, if you were at the right night. And so one of the perks for parking cars is once a month you got to play golf at Southern Hills Country Club. Now, listen, I'm not good at golf. I'm a little bit too girthy for golf, okay? And so I have no range of motion, and, and I have no business. I have no business being on the golf course, but we're out there, okay? And I'm more out there just to say that I played Southern Hills, okay? Take that. Okay? And so, so I'm out there, and, and the people who are playing at the time are giving me the dirty look, Right. The stink guys, like we like to call it. Right. Like, what are you doing here? You don't have the you don't have the shoes. You don't have the polo. My clubs, guys, I got off of uh, Craigslist. I had like a couple of the same one and I was missing some. Okay, It was a Wilson bag. It sits in my garage right now. This guy doesn't belong here. He's an outsider. Right. And so if you've ever felt like that. Now, I know this the whole time and the whole, I'm, the whole time these guys are looking at me thinking, who cares? Who cares? We're just, why do you play golf? Yeah, right. Let it go. Just woosah. Let it go, right? So then it's all good. Now, here's the, here's the third part of it. The third way that we're going to look at it is this. Have you ever made somebody feel like an outsider? That's the tough part, right? Ever made somebody feel like an outsider? Proverbs 21.4 says, Haughty and arrogant eyes and a proud heart are the lamp of the wicked. Their self-centered pride is sin. Their self-centered pride is sin. This is making somebody feel like they don't belong, making somebody feel like, hey, here's me and there's you. Here's the circle and here's you, right? And haughty eyes equal arrogance. Haughty is almost like that word Ebenezer, right? You're kind of like, well, what does that mean again? Haughty defined in the uh, dictionary is blatantly and disdainfully proud. The word is always used in the Bible as wicked or an evil sense of arrogance, setting yourself above somebody else. Right. And it's always used in contrast to humble. It's the opposite. So then to be arrogant is the opposite of humble. Now, we all know that God created us equal. You're created in the light and the image of God. You look just like him. Everybody here looks just like him. You're the human race. God sent his son to die for the human race. And so then knowing that we tend to ignore that and forget. And we go, but whatever I got to do to get ahead. Right. Whatever I have to do to climb the ladder, to get above each other. That's human nature. Right. I have to, what about me, right? And when we look at each other as outsiders or as not belonging or, or belonging or, or really today insiders and outsiders because there are people on the outside of that glass who need Jesus, amen? amen? And they're never going to come if we're always facing forward and never, never, ever change the posture of our hearts to turn around and look outside. And so when we look at each other like that as outsiders and not belonging, it creates division, Create, this is why we have different classes of people, right? Different levels, different types. But Romans 3.23 says what? We're all imperfect. We're all imperfect. All imperfect. So that not one of us is better than the other. I love the song that Donnie sang to start. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. It's everything. Romans 3.23 says we've all fell. We've all fell. Whether you fell once or 26 times, you fell. And we continue to fall. But thank God for his grace. Thank God for the blood of Jesus, right? 
So then we all gather here to, today for the same reason. Jesus, he's our anchor. It's the anchor. There's a belief. There's a, there's a hope. There's something. And maybe you're confused and maybe you don't know what it is, but that's why we gather today. And so then, hopefully understanding that will give us this perspective of what it means to be an insider and outsider or traditionalist and a non-traditionalist. Or part of 80% of the, of the population, of the world's population say, when I hear the word church, I'm good. Been there, done that, okay? Grew up, was brought, was taken, was hurt, was hurt. And if, if a church hurt you, if you would say, man, I can't believe that church, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I don't believe it was the intention. The problem is human beings get in the way. We tend to mess stuff up, Right? And so then, when you think about somebody on the outside, now I had a whiteboard for this today, but it got, it got taken this week. And apparently COVID created a short of whiteboards, okay? So then, so instead of writing this down, I'm going to ask you to write it down. People on the outside feel what? And here's, I talked to our team this week, luckily, and, and here's what they said. People on the outside feel what? They feel hurt. They feel broke. Broken. <laughs> Might be broke too, right? Empty, lost, confused. This is the general consensus. That's, you have a word, and I was going to write your word down, but I can't. Do you remember if you ever felt like this? When you felt like an outsider, did you ever feel one of those words or that word? What is that word? Write it down. How did you feel? How did you feel before you stepped through? And not necessarily this church, but you're here today. So, and if this is your first church, come on back. Okay. But before you came into a relationship, into a knowing, into having that hope or that faith, what was that? What was that? If it was hurt, write it down. Broken, empty, lost, confused. Do you remember what it was like to wake up without the hope that you have this morning? Do you remember what it was like to wake up broken, lost, confused, not sure what was going to happen in the next moment or the next minute? And now that you have Jesus, you understand, right? Now that you know about Jesus, there might be people who don't believe in here. You believe enough to walk through the door this morning, though, and that's enough. That's all God needs. And so then never forget where you came from. Last week, I told you your memory is your motivation. You got to go back to that one day, the, the, the day that you made the transition from outsider to insider, inside medium, non-believer to believer. And you need to think like that every time you walk in, because there are people walking in the doors of this building every weekend feeling that way. If you agree, say yes. Yes. There are people outside walking in here every weekend feeling those things. And Dusty's not the Savior, and Heather's not, and Donnie's not, and Stephanie's not, right? And Elizabeth is not, and Robert's not. It's Jesus. The thing that everybody I just mentioned has in common is Jesus. It's the center of their life. And so as, as we sing this morning, it's the journey. It's not, a, it's not a one-time decision. I've been talking to Edgar about this. By the way, Edgar, will you stand up? Edgar here has been working for two weeks, making sure all these doors have disappeared and all the walls are back to normal. So, Edgar, thank you so much. We were talking, to, we were talking this week on, on a drive home, just saying it's a daily decision. We wake up every day and make the decision, either yes or no. It's not cloudy. It's not cloudy, so you have to remember. So then you have to identify with the people on the outside. And you would say, well, Dusty, I'm so far removed from that that, I, that that's not possible. Identify with yourself. Just identify with yourself as we pray for these three people. 
as we pray for the person that's on the mat in our life, if you can't identify with them, identify with yourself. Remember the day that you were out there. Remember the day you were lost. And so I'm going to jump into Acts chapter 20 real quick. And this is Paul. Paul's, Paul is coming, right? And so then um, this is a story about Eutychus. Eutychus is an outsider. He's an outsider. And Paul's coming to preach. And so as Paul comes to preach, I just want to kind of give you the context of the story. He says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people. And because he intended to leave early the next day, he kept on talking till midnight. How many of you guys are glad I'm not just going to talk till midnight tonight? Yeah, I know you are. Okay. Verse 8 says, there were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were, where they were meeting. And they knew it was going to get dark. So they prepared ahead of time. They prepared ahead of time. Sometimes we're, lo- we're so lost in our own mess that we can't prepare for the one who's on the mat in our life. They prepared ahead of time. What do you see right now when you walk in this building? You see that we're preparing for people. We've added more seats. We've opened it up. I don't know if you noticed, if you're new today, what was happening in the, in the lobby, in the new lobby, uh, didn't happen two weeks ago. Everybody came in here and we sat by ourselves. But now there's a sense of community and a sense of belonging and a sense of acceptance. And you can sense that there's something different about being here. I just want to let you know, that's not me. Okay? The Bible says we're two more gather in my name that I'll be there. And that's Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. And so then they prepared ahead of time. You can tell right now that Heather and I are preparing this building for you. But really we're preparing it for the people on the mat in your life. So then our priority is demonstrated in the order of what we do. Your priority is demonstrated in the order of what you do. So the first thing you do tends to be what motivates you. Now, sadly, in 2022, that's, that tends to be, for most people, me. What about me? How do I get ahead? How do I climb that ladder, right? But as a body of believers, we must have the right priorities. So then we identify with the people on the outside, and we prepare for them. Everybody say Prepare. Because the first principle of anything that we do is preparation. So then, why did I start five weeks out from Easter having you identify somebody, start praying for them and texting them and and investing in them? We're preparing. We are preparing for them. We're preparing. You can see it in the physical, but it needs to happen in the spiritual first. That's why we pray. That's why we invest. Why? Relationship. You have a relationship that I don't have, and God wants to do something through you that he can't do through me. And so then we pour into those people. Why do we give you three? Because the first one that is the most heavy on your heart is probably upset with you right now because you pushed a little hard maybe, okay? Or you said something you shouldn't have, or you've walked away. I'm not afraid to tell you that I haven't talked to my dad in 10 years because he walked away. And every time I talk to him, he lies to me. He lies to my face. And then I try again, and he lies again. But the problem is he lies to cover up that lie because then you remember the lie that he told And so then the reality is this. If you tell the truth, you never have to remember. If you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. And my dad can't remember right now because he's running. He's running. He's running hard. He's an alcoholic. He's running. He lives in Houston, so he's not going to be here Easter. That doesn't mean I don't pray for him, though. It doesn't mean I don't invest in him. Okay? And so then the value of the person is demonstrated by our preparation. How much do you love that person? How much do you care for that person? How much? You learned last week that the guy I call my dad is not my dad, he's my stepdad. And so everyone in our city is a son or a daughter. Everyone in our community, everybody in your community, everybody in your circle is is seen by God as a son or a daughter. 
They're seen that way. And so then God created them and they belong in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6, 21, treasure in heaven. They are treasure to God. And so then how do you come in on a Sunday? How do you come in on a Monday when you show up to work? Because you can't lead where you won't go. So are these people really seen as people, loved ones, family, friends? Acts, I love Acts 2. Acts 2 says they were like family. The first church was like family. Do you know why? They were. They were. Those people on our heart are likely family or they're super close friends, right? And so everything rises and falls on how we lead. So then you have to ask the question, how am I? How am I? Where's my belief? Where am I in my relationship? Am I healthy? Am I energized? Am I expectant? Do I expect God to do something? Or am I just trying to make it to the next minute, the next moment? God has not called you, by the way, to manage anything. He's called you to go. He said, he said he's called you to live in abundance. That means more than enough, more than enough. And so then you have to be expectant. God's not called you to maintain or to break even. I used to live like that. I would run myself into the ground and just pray that I woke up at zero and then run myself in the ground. And then again, and it's not good to, to live that way. You live in out of bounds. God's, God says you're three parts whole, spirit, soul, body, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You need to live a balanced life. If you want to talk more about that, ask me if you're introverted and scared to death of me because I have a mohawk now. There's a white card on the table outside that's going to tell you how to do that. Okay? So then, let me ask you this. We're talking about preparing. If this person was to come to your house, would you prepare your house? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Now, here's what's funny about preparing our house. By the way, this is the house. This is the house. This is God's house. It's not my house. Okay? I just get to sweep the floors and, and clean up after Edgar. Okay? And so then, when you prepare your house... You prepare uniquely for who's coming, right? right? So if my brothers were coming over to my house today, I would not touch a thing. I don't care. It's my brother. If my mom's coming to my house, maybe we empty the sink. Maybe we empty the sink, okay? Run the dishwasher, right? Keep the countertops clear like I used to have to do when I was a kid. If your best friend's coming over, depends. What friend is this? Is this the friend that I bought this house for so I could be better than they were, so I could show them, hey, man, I can do this too? Or is this the friend that you've spent your whole life with and you just want them to come over and have a good time and feel like it's their house too? Now, here's the, here's ne this is next level. We'd call this Division One stuff. What if your hero is coming over to your house? You're inviting the person that sits in the highest spot. Your hero's coming over to your house tomorrow. How would you prepare that house? And you can, I used Dwayne Rock Johnson as, a, as an analogy the other day, but whoever, that's not my hero. But if that person was coming, how would you prepare your house? You touch up paint, right? You'd be touching the paint up, right? What are they, what's their favorite meal? You'd be on Google. Oh, they like lasagna. Hey, can you make lasagna, babe? Yeah, lasagna, good. We're having lasagna, their favorite dessert. You'd go all in. Am I right? right. We're meeting with our hero here every week, every Sunday. Every Sunday, we've prepped for paint. We're painting the walls. We're preparing for Jesus to move in your life. Why? Because he's moved in mine. You heard me say last week, he saved my life. He forgave my sins. He changed me forever. I'm bold enough to tell you that right here. I believe I do the same for you. It's why I do this. It's not for money, okay? So then how do you prepare? How do we prepare for Sundays then? The person on the mat, if they're coming, if we're going to have the guts to say, hey, listen, I lead this in my life. And you know it. They all know it. 
They see the example that you're setting. They see it. And so then, are we prepared for outsiders to come here and have a good experience? I've been telling Edgar, there's more ministry in what he's been doing and like making these two doors disappear. You don't even know there were doors there, by the way. So if you're new, there used to be doors right there. He's doing more ministry in this than I might do in a year because people are going to come in and receive and feel at home in this room. It's huge. It's huge. And so let me go back to Acts. Let me go back to Acts. Here's the thing about inviting people to church. It's that word, right? I'm just going to be honest. I'm a pastor. I'm telling you, it's the word church, right? We'll be taking the word church off the new sign up there. And I'm sure it's going to upset some people. But this is a gathering. We're not the church until you come. And so we get nervous when we invite to church because we're like, oh, I wonder what, the, I wonder what, I wonder who's speaking today. I wonder what we're going to sing today. Am I going to be embarrassed by that? Are they going to know what that means? What's Ebenezer mean? I'm not inviting because we said Ebenezer, right? Right. Am I right? Can I trust? What are we going to do today? Do I trust it? Am I worried? Am I anxious? I tell you what, I'll go this week. And if, and if they proved themselves that they're good again, I'll think about inviting the next week. Right? So Acts 29, don't be nervous or worried. Trust, trust that my plan is always plan B. We're here to do what God wants to do. That's plan A. So Acts 20 verse 9 says, seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. Got people who sleep in here every week, by the way. Sink into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. I love how he said on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story. It's a, deep, it's a long fall. And he was picked up dead. He was picked up dead. That's tragic. That's tragic. What killed Eutychus? So some of us who, who tend to have the negative, well, if Paul would have shut up and got out of there, he'd still be alive today, you know? <laughs> Familiarity... Familiarity is what steals from our preparation. It kills our preparation. Why? You drive the same way. You take the same route. You walk in the same door. See the same people. Familiar. 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 Why? It's your home. This is your home just like your home is your home. How familiar are you in your house when it's dark? If you can make it to your bathroom at 2 a.m. in the morning without turning a light on, raise your hand. Why? Walk that path 3,000 times. You know it. You know it, right? In verse 9, Eutychus falls dead. He's been there. He's been on the upper floor, right? Third floor. He's been looking through a window. He's been watching through a window for a long time. Outsider. Okay? He's gotten comfortable. He's gotten sleepy. But God had a plan. God had a plan. God has a plan for everybody on the outside. God has a, has a plan for everybody. Driving by the person in the car driving right now that is looking through these windows. There's a plan for that person. Every person's created with purpose. And so here's what happens in Acts 20, verses 10 through 12. These are the last two scriptures, in case you're getting anxious, nervous about lunch, okay? Paul went down, threw him, Paul went down, went down to the boy, threw himself on him, put his arms around him, and said, don't be alarmed. He told everybody, hey, it's all good. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. And just like that, Paul went upstairs, broke bread, and he ate. And after talking until daylight, Onyx, five more hours he talked. After talking until daylight, Paul left. The people took the young man home alive, and they were all greatly comforted. How many of you guys know somebody who is spiritually dead outside the wall? Right here. Dead. Fell spiritually dead. What did Paul do? 
He put his arms around him. He hugged him. He said, he's alive. He's alive. It's all good, everybody. He's alive. Can we eat now? And that's the same thing that the person needs you to do. So just have the confidence to do it. Here's what happens. We get into this rut of instead of preparing for people, we fall into a practice. We get that routine. And, man, we love that routine. And we like the principle and we believe in the principle, but our heart should really be prepared, be preparing, be expectant, right? Because it's for a person. That treasure is people. So we're here for people. We sing a song about leaving the one to go after the 99. Doing for one is going after that one because that one knows one and that one knows one. You see the trend. One. It's always only ever about one. You're not here on accident today, by the way. So then don't lose your priority, right, of preparation because it's easy to devalue why we gather. It's easy to devalue why we come and do this. Well, they have free coffee. Lindley brought, bought donuts today. Thank you, Lindley. Right? And that's why we gather. I, I've led churches where I took the donuts and there was a church split because we, we stopped giving free donuts because all of the insiders were eating all the donuts and the outsiders couldn't have any donuts. So I said, we're not doing this anymore. We're spending $12,000 a year on donuts and no new people are getting them. <laughs> so then, enjoy the donuts, okay? <laughs> you can make it through your house in the dark without a lamp because you're an insider there, right? What if you invited that person who's coming over and they had to make it through their house in the dark, through your house in the dark? What would you do? Right here. Hey, man. Hey, right here. Right here. Three steps right there. You're going to take a right. Yeah, right there. Yeah, now when you go down that hallway, when you go down that hallway, the kitchen is the door on the right. Just make it right there. Good? And when you get there, Heather's left a nightlight in, uh, in there for you because that's what she does. Okay? And you'll have whatever you need. Cool? You good to get back to your room? Great. You don't need to do that. Why? You're an insider. You're an insider. And so then, you don't need it, but they do. And what's different about that is this, the same lamp that you leave off or choose not to turn on is the same lamp that will change their light, their life. It's the light that's in you, right? It's monumental. Preparing then is the difference between life and death for every person who walks through the door. We must prepare. So I can prepare the building all week, but if you don't prepare your heart, it'll be disconnecting. Why? Because it's not just a light. It's not just a hello. It's not just a great kids check-in experience or a great kids classroom or believe that you can leave your kids over there, right? It's in every personal connection. It's what happens in that lobby. That's what Acts 2 is really saying. Relationship, discipleship, we're all followers, community. That's it. And so true significance, if you remember from last week, is being used by God to make a difference in somebody else's life. That's significance. Knowing God used you to bring light or hope to somebody is what it's all about. And so the challenge is don't be so familiar that you don't need a light. You have to believe that you are. You have to believe that you are. You have to ask yourself this question. Do I believe in God? Do I believe that God sent his son? Do I believe enough in that to actually turn around and look at somebody else? to invite, to bring, whatever. It's not fancy, it's people. Now, how do you know it's familiarity? How do I know, Dusty, if I'm familiar? It's familiar if your first hello and your fifth hello are different. 
That means it's familiarity. You're just trying to get through the gauntlet to get to your seat, right? The gauntlet. When there's no drift or no drop in who you are from the time now to 12 o'clock or who cares what time, that's how you know. I'm home. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm being who God called me to be. And people will feel that. Here's the difference. When there's a drift or when there's a drop in your engagement, it's disconnecting. People feel that. People feel that. It comes across as insincere or that you haven't prepared for them. Anybody felt that before? This guy's half minding me. He's texting while he's talking to me. Right? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You felt that. You felt that. People feel it. So then what fuels us? Here's the close. Here's the close. What do we want people to experience? These are, these, I had to ask our staff this again because my whiteboard's not here. So, again, I apologize. What do we want people on the outside then to experience when they come inside? Okay? And this is crazy because I had to just give you a, a, a group of words. Connection, community, welcomed, friendly, accepted, loved. Anybody have any beef with those words? I know, me neither. Now, here's the difference. They're all really good words. And we can do a really good job identifying what somebody out there needs to feel when we sit right here. Because today you're an insider, whether you want to believe it or not. And we can say we want that outsider to feel connection, community, welcome, friendly, accepted, love. Here's what changed the game. When I said, hey, what did you want to experience? When you were out there, what did you want to experience? One person sent the exact same words, but it's because they had the question before and after. They had both questions. What did you want to experience? Here's the answers now. You'll relate a lot more to these. Belonging. Needed. No judgment. Hope. Fun. Restoration. Valued. That's, that's what we want the outsider to feel. That, those are human thoughts. I can tell you, as the pastor, I would love for her to feel connection and community and welcomed and friendly. We're going to be the friendliest, friendliest, friendliest. Great. But if it's fake and you're playing, it's disconnecting. It's disconnecting. What do we want the outsider to really feel? It has to be personal. Belonging. I just want to feel needed. I just want to feel like somebody cares about me. Right? Isn't it funny? We talked this week. Isn't it funny how people tend to, show, tend to show up? Like people who want to derail you and take you off track, change the course of your life, they show up when everything is good. When everything is good. But when it's bad, where are they? Not here. They're not here. They're not here. Jesus is always available always there. The Bible says if you will call on his name, he will make himself present. And so then, belonging, all of the personal words I shared with you hit your heart a little bit differently than, than, than my church words, right? We call that Christianese, by the way. So we want people to feel that sense of connection, right? But it's not just connection as a cheap word. What do I mean by connection? Belonging, needed. There's no judgment. Nobody's perfect, Right? Hope, restoration, valued, man, to feel valued, treasured, treasured, right? And so it's about people. So what I'm saying is 
I don't want to use you on Sundays. This is not a ploy for me to use you on Sundays and to say that we have a church of 200 people. It's not about a metric. It's about a person. It's one person. It's one person. It's not about me using you. It's about God using you. That's called significance. It's getting the person on the mat in your life to Jesus, whatever it takes. If you want to reference that man on the mat story, you can do that in Luke. Okay? So then what do you do? Here's your action steps. Ryan, you can QR. Deal. What do I do? What's the plan? Be yourself. Just be yourself. Be you. Be an example in word, deed, purity, faith, and charity, and everything you do, be an example. Just shine a light. Shine a light. I just gave you two scriptures right there. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever your, whatever your hand finds to do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. Just be yourself and do it for God. That's not, that's not how you're receiving it. Just honor God with your hands. Every action, every action, honor God. And the measure that you honor God with, he's going to honor you back. He's going to give back. Where do I bring them? If you live here in Fort Collins, you're going to bring them right here, okay? Who do I bring? It's on the card. So if you didn't fill out a card last week, there's a card back there for you. Identify three people, pray for them, invest in them, meet with them, connect with them, text them, call them, but don't annoy them, okay? Don't believe enough to show up. Believe enough to make a difference. Believe enough to be used by God to change somebody's life. It's not you. It's your relationship that builds that bridge to their heart so Jesus can walk right across. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.